Hi there. Welcome in the avenue and welcome to my worst audition ever. The podcast where I, Danny Vitorino, sit down with a guest and we discuss their worst audition ever. Quick tidbit. We are now available to Android and iOS users alike. You can find us on Stitcher, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Don't forget to subscribe and leave some thoughts, some love, and if you're brave enough, your worst audition ever. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at My Worst Audition Ever Podcast. Today I am sitting down with Jimmy Sawyer. Hi, everybody. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. It's so nice out. The sun is here. Yeah, but it's not like it's like warm. Listen, I don't need to be <laughs> warm. I just need the sun. I need, I need that D. I need that vitamin VD, D. The VD. <laughs> All right, let's get to it. Okay. So what type of performer are you? Ooh. Um, I would say, I mean, technically not a trained professional actor, but I am definitely a professional actor who's been out of the game a while, so I've needed to get that itch, so I've taken on stand-up comedy. Oh, nice. So you're yes. comedic. Um, oh, God, yeah. That's I Performer. When I first went to college, I didn't want to lose any weight, like my baby fat, because uh-huh. I never thought, I thought people would be like, oh, he's not funny anymore. He's skinny. No. Really? No, yeah. I mean, you, you look at, I, I always wanted to just be the best friend in shows. I can see that. I can see yeah. that too because a lot of maybe comedians. But it was more like also like character actor. I think that's what, that's I, what I was, was trying say. to go for. I really was watching a lot of Jim Carrey, a lot of just weird movies. Just And I really liked, you know, just kind of growing up watching these guys just kind of transform their bodies. So I had a mm-hmm. huge mirror in my house when you would walk in. And our living room was also there too, like yeah. up the stairs. And so I'd be watching, say, I don't know, The Mask or I'd be watching... I don't know, even something stupid as Austin Powers. And I would turn around, watch the TV in the mirror, and then also just start making faces of my own in the mirror and, like, just watch, which is pretty weird for, like, a 10-year-old to just constantly be doing when he was home. I mean, that's good, though, because you get to learn your limits with your face and stuff and yeah. what, you can go, what you can do it, it can do a lot now it's kind of <laughs> scary what my face can do like my people are dumbfounded by my eyebrows and i'm just and i said it's a muscle you just fucking do yeah. it you just do it it is i mean I, I did the same thing i like taught myself how to raise my eyebrows oh yeah you um, well that's it, like i said it's a muscle so i yeah. honestly i held one eyebrow down that's the same thing and i just yeah. raised the other one exactly. real hard and I did that. I don't. I can't even tell you how many hours I spent doing that. Yeah, you know we're able to like move our ears and our. Uh, I can do other yeah, muscles. I can do that, that too. If I didn't have these headphones on, I'd show you that. Oh, too. <laughs> I can do my watch my nostrils. Wait, no. Yeah. I just did this instead yeah, of doing. You just the like moved your nose up and down. Yeah, I was like, dude, can't you see? <laughs> can't I'm so talented. I'm so amazing. Yeah, no, Rubble I can see face. that though because I think a lot of a lot of comics, I feel like if they're too thin or too fat, they use that to their advantage as well because they feel oh, like yeah. people listen to them more because of the farce of it all. Of course. So I totally get that. So you're you're very comedic, mm. um, and you you do stand up now. Yes. Do you do anything else, or do you plan on doing some other things? Well, I, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I've always wanted to get into improv, but I'm just super lazy, honestly. Uh, and I I really feel as though I. Uh, more better as an actor honestly I don't think I think my stand-up is fine I think it's just honestly just a just a vessel a platform for me to just get back up on stage because it's 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 been since 
December of 2016 since I've done a play. Really? Yeah. That was when I did Peter and the Starcatcher, and that's when that's... a week into rehearsals, my apartment burned down. Oh, and so, yeah. And so I, I got kicked out of New York for a year because of that. Yup. You need, like, a well, Bravo that's, special. Well, that's the thing. Because I did, I had that fire, I finally felt like I had enough comedic tragedy in my life where I could get up on it, like, give me a microphone. I could start talking. Well, you take a breath first. You let it settle. Oh, I took I took multiple. I was the worst person for at least four months back home. Yeah. Luckily, nobody was on Cape Cod because it's the middle of the winter, and why would anybody be there? So, when you go in, or when you used to go in, Mm. what are you usually typed as? Comedic. I mean, I assume. Well, I I don't think this probably is just my point of view. I mean, obviously, I I am a a uh, Caucasian uh, white male. Yes, lengthy. L- just yeah, character. Like, n- not like super built, not super skinny, just kind of normal. Yeah. Um, I have freckles. That's cool. But mainly, like, I I don't think I have like a type type, but I definitely have um an age range that I that I definitely know it's younger than my actual age. Is I would say it's close to probably I can play sixteen to twenty five. Yeah, you have like a youthful essence. Yeah, and I'm since I'm, I'm more physical than anything that I can just put that anywhere I want to. Like I still do a Romeo monologue as an audition monologue. That's my Shakespeare monologue is yeah. Romeo because it's one a dope monologue and two because it's it's just so it's so raw and it's so real and he's I mean the monologue I choose is when he gets banished in the third act by his like only friend in the whole show. Yeah. And I recently did it in that class I was telling you about where I kind of got back on my feet and worked with a director that works at a company I belong to. And he um, really just got it out of me. But like after the first time I did it and he was like, stop being so dramatic. That's my that's my downfall is I'm too dramatic. The next time I did it, everybody was just like, you are 14 years old. Mm-hmm. Mm. But- and it works to your advantage because... Once you get into that mindset, you already look the part. Oh, yeah. It's so... Like, I have a friend who um, is, like, in his 30s, and when I met him, I thought he was younger than me. Yeah. And then he told me, like, yeah, I'm, like, 30-something. And I was like, no, you're not. (laughs) Stop joking. Like, how? 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 Who gave you guys this, like... No, it's it's honestly... It's potion. It's where we come from. If I showed you a picture of my father, he's almost 60, and you'd kind of be like, "Mm, what? Same. No, I feel like people tell me that I have a youthful face. My mom has a youthful face. She looks really young and she's almost 50. Yeah. But she's, she looks like she's in her 20s. Do you think that that's a disadvantage though at some times when you go in? I I mean, I definitely do. I think I, I think the more roles that I probably could eventually snag Mm. would be roles that I, that are a little bit older than me or my face a little bit older than like I could definitely play 24 year old 27 year old 16 year old but I really think 16 is a very face value you have such a small world for most 16 year olds Mm. Uh, and when you hit adulthood I think people look at me and they don't see that I've been smashed in the face with adulthood and like work and just everything that comes with you know all that paperwork and all that bullshit but I they see that I'm I'm very high energy and I'm very bouncy, and I, I feel as though they kind of 
I, once I like gain my face in my age a little bit longer, that's gonna be a lot better for me. Mm. But I also, I mean, I I've been real lazy, so I I haven't really been going. I it's been a while since I've been on an audition, and I really kind of am just focusing more on film now because uh, it. it it pays the bills, but yeah. it's just hard to get representation and everything as such. So. Yeah, it's a totally different business. Well, I don't want to get, yeah, I don't want to get any representation because that's just stupid. Well, here's the thing. An agent or a manager, they're a tool and they're great course, to have, but you don't need to. You just have to do the extra work and try to get connections and, you know, be really good. But you have to be on all the time because mm. you're representing yourself as the product, you know. Yeah. So it's just like more work. Yeah, no, I, I really... <laughs> I, I don't like the generation that we're in where everybody is really good. Even people that aren't in our industry are really good at self-marketing themselves. I don't know. But and they have like a million followers yeah. on Instagram and people are like, we'll hire you. My That's something I was talking about about someone, uh, with someone. It's crazy. My, yeah, my roommate. Social media. Granted, he's gorgeous, mm-hmm. but he's he's 20 years old. He, he's just moved to New York. Not really. He has over 7,000 followers on Instagram. He's an Instagram hoe? Yeah. Oh. But H E A U X. How? Oh wow. We're going French. Instagram how <laughs> French? <laughs> French house. Uh but it's just kinda it's nuts. I just I I very much love the old timey like I hate I just turned off my what is it, the saved locations on my iPhone because I really I really like being elusive. I really like being not a private person per se, but just more so I like Blending in when I need to. It's kind of, it's an acting thing. Yeah. I like, it's an, it's ultimately it's an acting exercise because I, I, in public, I pick and choose when I want to be like really present and it shows. I think it's good too in, in, in today's 2019 mm. to just turn off the world every now oh, and then. God, yeah. I mean, unless I get money from marketing myself. Even then, you it, can still take a vacation. Of course, but even it's... if it's a day or two. I don't see any incentive in doing it. True. If I'm not already... Like, I mean, yes, you have to build something to get here. It's, everything is, is a ladder you are climbing, but I just... Uh, it's a ladder, not... I, <laughs> it's too tall for me. So, what are some of your previous credits or work that you've done that you want to share mm-hmm. to give some insight about you? Yeah, in uh, in New York, I've, I'm I belong to a company that's kind of on a hiatus right now because one of the founders is in Hawaii getting her master's degree. Oh, nice. Um, and the other is back into performing. It was a sister duo called the Cutout Theater. It was based in Brooklyn, actually, and um, I'd done three performances. At least with them, yeah, three. Uh, one was in the Fringe Festival in New York. It was like one of the last in 2016. But I, I, the reason why I love them so much is I love her name is uh, the director of the sisters. It's worth. Mm-hmm. That's a great name. But ever since I met her, I she's like the one director I've ever met in New York that I completely I give everything away to. I completely trust the hell out of her. That's she's, amazing. She, she, yeah, and she's amazing, and she's younger than me. And we even had like a little after my first show. So I did the show based on a Greek myth where I played Theseus. Um, it was kind of like a mixture of Greek choruses and then contemporary speech. You saw it, mm-hmm. yeah, the one I was naked in. But a month later, she called me and she said, "My lead actor dropped out of the show, and the only person I know that I can trust on such short notice is you." 
And so I flat out did it. And then I auditioned for the Fringe Festival show, which was the same show I first did with them. But instead of playing Theseus, I played Dionysus, which was a complete twist. It was, yeah, it's, it's going from basic a king that defeats this minotaur alone on an island, secluded, and he only has cr- these little crabs to talk to. <laughs> So there's so, versatility. So yeah, well that's, that's versatility. What I, well, that's the thing when you were like, "Who do you get cast as?" I was like, "Well, I don't even know." That's usually the case, though. Um, I think the last person we had was Blythe Brokaw, mm-hmm. and she was talking about Good how name. she can. She usually plays really bubbly, or she plays really evil. Oh, so it's really like the two opposites. Yeah, so it's versatility. Well, I, I mean, I get that, but it's it's can you do the middle ground? Can you do the? Uh, can you have a straight line? Not a straight line, but you know, can you get there? Can you show everything in between, or are you just that like back, bop, 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 yeah, like that intense on each side? Yeah, I mean, I think I mean I I don't know. I'm just asking. No, I think that that's totally where a lot of actors want to find work. Well, of course, but it's the business. It yeah. is. I literally um, just realized that in the middle of you saying that I was like, oh, <laughs> but we are not in charge of what roles we are given. Jimmy. Yes. What is your worst audition ever? Uh, I was actually my cutout theater audition. It was the first one. They were doing Romeo and Juliet, but little did I know they were casting Romeo and Mercutio oh. as women. So the only two roles I could have even tried to play uh, were not, I had no option. And um, I didn't want to do my Romeo monologue for a Romeo and Juliet show, so I did. I had <laughs> sort of visiting. And uh, we sat on my fire escape up at, when I lived at 188th. And I, he just he just read lines to me. I, I did uh, Posthumus from Cymbeline. I learned uh, 15 lines in 15 minutes of Shakespeare. And I ran, I ran down to like 42nd and something. It was like they did it at Manhattan Theater Club. And I get there like five minutes late. And I burst through the door like a friggin' hurricane, as you would say. And I come in, I'm like, hi, yes, my name is Jimmy Sawyer, and uh, this is uh, my headshot, my monologue. I printed out my headshot on, like, a Staples, just printer paper. I didn't get, like, the gloss. I didn't get an actual printed headshot. I printed it out from Staples and with my resume. Like, like I wasted their ink. And so then, like, everybody's looking at this, looking at me. I flat out say, hi, my name is Jimmy Sawyer. Uh, I learned this monologue in 15 minutes. Um, Okay. (laughs) And, and then I did it, and it's hilarious because yeah. she loved it, but she was like, I can't cast him. I'm going to keep him in my radar for the other shows, but I can't cast him. And so I'm like rolling around on the floor doing this weird Mercutio monologue because, I don't know, I already told them that I learned this monologue in 15 minutes, printed out a headshot on printer paper, and this was like my second audition in New York, so I was feeling real friggity good. Go through the monologue for us. So you did Uh-oh. the monologue for Merc- Mercutio. No, I did first. I did a uh, posthumous from Cymbeline, and then they gave me Mercutio to read. And you were just I I just it was I think it was on the floor. Yeah, it was it was his first monologue, and I don't know what made me do that, but like I just started just moving weirdly, just getting weird with it, like. <laughs> Yeah, like basically getting, like starting standing straight up to flat on the ground at the end of it. I don't know what made me do that, but it was kind of funny. What would you say are your strengths as a performer? Oh, um, like I said earlier, I'm I'm very physical. My movement is, uh, my my kind of my favorite. I haven't really been stretching in the past, um, yeah, as much as I used to, uh, 
but I still can get as weird as I always have. Because you're a character performer, so yeah. if anybody I mean, can I got understand... The, I got the Irene Ryan for the Scarecrow. Yeah. Like, good God. The Scarecrow in um, Wizard of Oz. So of that just gives you an idea of who, like, what character cool. work you do. <laughs> yep. and, then, and then I went on to the next show I did. The, ex- the very next show was Bat Boy, where I was Bat Boy. Yeah. So, I mean... Very... You know, like what handsy? What the French fresh? You should get back does. into stretching. I, I I I have it in my in my journal. I I've I've started a regimen of myself. It's not a journal. It's like an actual daily planner where I I have. I ever since I got this girlfriend, she's kind of, she started getting my confidence back, which is never something you want somebody else to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Why? Why? Because you don't want an emotion of yours, whatever it may be. Um, not be under your control and let it be under somebody else's control. True. You know what I mean? Like that's not one attractive, two, and that's not that's not how a performer goes through life. Does that motivate you even more though to well, bring it forward because someone else is trying to do it for you? It, it, she didn't. She didn't try to do anything. What the thing was, she she kind of just she just it it slowly just started to. I kind of felt it again. Like, I didn't even know I lost it. Like, when I went into my acting class for the first time, I I didn't want to go. And, I mean, you know me. I'm just like, let's just do it. Let's do it, like, a thousand times. Wow. That's what I love to do. I the, That's the thing. Like, I'm I'm fearless. But ever since I didn't realize I'd, I'd lost that fearlessness, all that, it just... It, it slipped just, by you unconsciously. It came flooding back. That's and I, good. I, but I never would have realized it unless I finally did something about it. And I was... I don't know. I'd never dealt with depression before. So it's a, it's a weird, lazy thing that I've picked up. Because I was already lazy. And I'm already a pretty big stoner. So, mm-hmm. like, I mean, that, granted, that that actually has made me, ever since I started smoking weed in college, I've, I've actually, it's kicked my ass in gear, which is weird. Like, my memory got better. Like, everything, like, even, like, suppressed memories came back. It's, it's the craziest thing. Oh, wow. Genetics are weird. Um, I think everybody goes through depression in their life at least once. Oh, yeah. We're just human, you know. Oh yeah, I mean, or levels. Like, I mean, it's it's a chemical reaction that happens. It's just like love. It it happens to everybody. Yeah, unfortunately. Mhm. And it's it's the best and the worst thing. But that just goes to show how strong of a person you can be if you can get through it. Yeah, if you can get through it. If, mm-hmm. if like everything I built was torn down except for scary. The only thing saved from my fires, everybody listening, was just my journals. And amongst those those seven or eight journals mm-hmm. uh, were about 300 books and plays and things that were all trashed. Like the firemen went through my window to get to the fire first. Uh-huh. Like they sprayed through my my room. Like it went poof, like all, it, it, nothing was saved except for my journals. What were in your journals? Just what did you do? What did you write about like? Potential goals? Or... Oh, no. My, my journals, I started writing um, probably sophomore year of college, and it's it's everything. It's everything you could think of. It's rehearsals, notes. rehearsal notes, uh, notes I get from books, quotes I get from books, uh, jokes, things. I, there's anything you can think of uh, except for, you know, like, oh, today uh, Jacqueline gave me <laughs> a sweet note. No, it's nothing like that. It's not. It's It's more so it's it's more writing than anything, and then notes and it's just blossomed into this weird thing where i've realized that i can write it's your whole um performance psyche exactly and i lost i lost the journal it was like the last two months of college 
and Nine Ball, like my first professional production outside of New York. Like Reb, I got it before I graduated college. I was like all excited. Mm-hmm. I did that. I had another show in there, and then I went back and I saw some directing scenes uh, at Bridgewater, mm-hmm. and I brought that journal, and then it was gone. Random, like I just I realized it was gone. Like I, I don't know where how I lost it, but it was really 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 upsetting to me it was only my second or third journal damn and i was like i'm never letting this happen again and i wasn't even in new york when the fire happened luckily i went in there right the day after when you should they were like no you can't go in here and they your roommates and i wish i still had my old phone because i'd show you pictures but it was it was not it was it was unrecognizable like my room was not it was, it was, it's like what you, it's like what you think it would be. It's, it was devastation. Yeah. It was crazy. Tragedy. Yeah. But it's hilarious. <laughs> Cause like, if you can, if you can laugh in the face of something like that, or you can laugh in the face of say, I don't know, your dad asking you for a thousand dollars. Yeah. You can find sil- silver can, linings and. But if you can, if you things. can handle that emotionally, if you can take that with you and. I think this was, that was the first, like, life is not supposed to, you know, be easy. If I was not strong enough to move forward with this, I wouldn't be in New York again. True. So every week, Mm. we do a word, word of the week. And I tell you this word, and then I just get your feedback on it, whatever it means to you. Mm. So the word for this week is risk. What does that mean to you? Risk. Hmm. Honestly, doing anything and everything that puts fear back into your stomach. In a, in a, I don't know, risk. I mean, in, in our world, fear should be eaten up. You know what I mean? Like when you have that, that should drive you to make sure like, no, why, why do you feel this way? Because yeah, it's it's something you don't do a lot. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a natural thing. The number one fear amongst all humanity, quote unquote, is speaking in front of people. Uh, number two is Public death. speaking. Yeah, number two is death. That's yeah. crazy to think. So when we go up on the stage, we are already empowered by being up there, by these people watching us. So... Like, they're already, they're rooting for us. Everybody in an audition room is usually rooting for you. Everybody, like, everybody is rooting. If people that buy a movie ticket, obviously they're rooting for that movie to be good. Because it's about, that's 100 bucks. You just drop for one movie ticket. And a, yeah. Or they want to be proven pop. wrong. Yeah, some, anything. And I think when you take a risk, that means you do something outside of your comfort zone that feeds you to making yourself better. Risk can only help your your art your crafts like you don't grow as an actor or as a painter or even i don't know like a a a glass blower you don't you don't grow if you're not learning if you're not constantly learning if you're not constantly being critiqued in Mm. some ways like yes like you could be a master at i don't know like sculpting but there's definitely something you don't know we are not all powerful beings yeah and it is a very ignorant thing to not be open in just life in general. Well, bringing it back to you saying how you kind of lost that confidence and you're gaining mm-hmm. it back. Yeah. It's because I'm 
I'm I'm adding more risk into my life. Like mm-hmm. I I'm doing that acting class. I'm trying to perform. Uh, I only really have like other than the day I have an acting class. I have Tuesdays off today, mm-hmm. where I schedule three stand-up shows. Like oh I do, wow! I mean, I haven't fully done like three in a row, but I mean, I I I set that up for myself, and I make sure I I go harder every time. Every week comes by. Where are your stand-up shows? Let's know so we can tell well, the world. Well, I have this. I have a pretty big one uh, at Broadway Comedy Club. Um, May 16th at 8 p.m. And there's about 20 comics performing in the top to get a residency. So they get a monthly spot at Broadway Comedy Club. Or a weekly spot, excuse me. That's, By votes. That's much better. I don't know what it is. I'm pretty sure there's a... Well, not only that, but like the bookie's there and he's going to give you a videotape of your thing. going to talk to you. And even if you're not in the top two, if you're like, say, five, six, the following five, six are going to get monthly spots mm. in a more competitive show where they want you to get better where they want you to work harder and they want you to they they see talent yeah. and they want you to get better and where do you usually perform for comedy uh, i do laughing buddha at the climate lounge uh that's one laughing buddha is just the name of, they do it in a lot of different places like another place uh is eastville comedy club uh they they do they host some of laughing buddha's um open mics uh, the pit, but the pit, oh God, it is. Like the open mic that they have is like in this tiny room that's obviously, they were like, oh, we can put the, we can put something in here. <laughs> and it's just like a long room. You, barely anybody can see anything. Where do you, when do you perform at each of these places? Um, I usually do Tuesdays and it, I kind of change it up because um, it depends, but it's usually like 5.30 I'll probably do. I, it's like either Stand Up New York, um, New York Comedy Club, or Eastville Comedy Club. Then I do Laughing Buddha. I haven't gone back to the pit because. And then there's one at eleven sometimes that I might head out to, but it's in Queens. It's uh, um off the Court Square spot, uh, the Creek in the Cave. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I I go there, and and it's just I it's it's a risk every time. Like I went to uh, when I started getting back into it, I got into a Laughing Buddha set. And I was terrified. I couldn't pick any jokes that I, that worked. I didn't want to, like, I, I just couldn't think of a set. And I was like, I'll just go up there and just do it from memory. <laughs> and as I get up there, or as the host gets up there, he's like, this is a chill mic. That means no material. And we know if you'll do material. And everybody knew each other in that room. And when I went up, they were like, we got a newcomer. And I was like, oh. And that is a very risky situation. Yeah. The only people the in the room, the only people in the room are comedians. That's yeah. it. That's who you're performing for. Just so they're meeting. judging a little bit. Are you kidding me? <laughs> we're all in the, in the same way. boat. We all have no money and we're all trying to get money. And nobody in this comedy club here is getting anywhere. We're just doing this for ourselves. <laughs> and which which is what you should be doing. Yeah. You should always perform for yourself. If you're not enjoying it, the who the who else who, nobody's who gonna enjoy it. it. Yeah. Nobody's gonna enjoy it if you're not having fun. Um, social platforms. Do you have any social platforms you want to share with the audience? Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm basically just Instagram. It's my last name and first name. And that's really it. Sawyer, Sawyer Jimmy. Jimmy. <laughs> but I mean, there's Facebook, but it's, nah, I barely go on that. So the best way to follow you is Instagram. Yeah. Perfect. Do you post any of your um, comedic skits or anything up there? Not yet. I haven't video recorded myself because i'm trying to not bring friends i'm trying to go by myself yeah but i'm trying to go by myself to learn some stuff yeah yeah 
take that risk put up that gopro take risks i keep buying the wrong sd card for my gopro oh no all right well i had a fantastic time sitting down with you danny it's been too long my <laughs> old friend way too long yes <laughs> bye guys